Hello, ladies. Welcome to this episode. Just a quick note to let you know that this episode was originally recorded as a LinkedIn Live, where I had some nice slides to go with the conversation. So if you'd like to check those out, you can either see that you can see the recording on my LinkedIn page or on my YouTube page. And we'll have links to those in the show notes. Thanks. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know that generating income from our expertise, well, that's the easy part. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me on the journey to building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. But before we get started, one little disclaimer because, well, I'm a lawyer. The information I share on this podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, let's do this. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for another LinkedIn Live. I do these every last Wednesday of the month where we talk about all sorts of issues regarding that hourly to exit journey for expertise and service-based businesses. So today we will be talking about why I love licensing programs. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, I do have some slides and you can find those slides on my YouTube channel, Think Beyond IP, or of course, just always feel free to send me a note and we'll make sure we get those to you as well. So for those of you who are new, just very briefly, I'm Aaron Austin. I'm a lawyer and consultant, and I work with expertise-based firms to help them increase their income and their impact by turning their expertise into intellectual property-based revenue streams. So you'll hear me use the term IP, which stands for intellectual property, interchangeably through the presentation. So my goal is to help you build a business that can scale and that has some independence from you as the deliverer or implementer of your expertise. And that is the key to building a business that you can hopefully sell someday. And so some examples of IP-based revenue streams are things like courses and software and digital information products, and of course, licensing. And licensing has a couple of different flavors. I'm going to talk about my favorite type today, but some other flavors include franchises. Franchises, basically a licensing program and certification, which is also essentially a licensing program. So just briefly, just in case you aren't familiar with what licensing is. So what I'm not talking about is like a business license. So that would be the thing that you need, you know, from your locality in order to operate your business. We're talking about intellectual 
property licenses. And so in this context, a license is an agreement to allow someone else to use your intellectual property. And so a license is an agreement. Uh, as you may know, agreements can be either oral or in writing. Huge fan of them being in writing, not just because I'm a lawyer, but because there's little chance for misunderstandings when you have something in writing. And there are some circumstances where for something to be enforceable, it has to be in writing, including the transfer of exclusive intellectual property rights. So whenever we're dealing with intellectual property, you really want anything to be in writing. So your license is your agreement that sets forth the terms of how somebody else can use your intellectual property. And so the licensor is the person or the organization that owns the IP. And the licensee is the person who gets to use your IP in exchange for that license fee subject to the terms set forth in the license agreement. So today we're going to talk about my favorite type of licensing program, the one that I'm kind of jamming on right now, and that is the train the trainer model. And so what that means is that's when your client becomes your licensee. So in this circumstance, currently, you're going to your client and you're providing in-person trainings, or it could be virtually, but it's you doing the training for whatever your expertise is. And I'm going to use HR training as the example. So maybe you do DEI training for your clients. And so you go in on a regular basis and provide the EI training for your clients. So under the train the trainer model, <laughs> you will train someone who is the employee at the client. So when they need that training, you've trained someone at that client's business to provide that training and license the training program to your client so that they can deliver it without you. And so what is the perfect, I'm going to use perfect for this one, the perfect candidate for a train the trainer licensing program. So it is ideal if you're providing in-person training or consulting services, and it has to be on a recurring basis and to a corporate client for two reasons. One, that recurring basis means there's a reason for them to need to have someone internally trained to continue to deliver whatever the, the training or service is. And to corporate clients, because they have the staff to handle that in-house, if it's something that they can't do in-house, then that would be, they probably need to continue to have you externally. You have original content or methodology. So sometimes our services are based on something that we have been certified on or something that we have licensed from a third party. And typically, a license from a third party will not permit us to create sub-licensees and license that material to third parties. So the ideal candidate for this type of program would have, you'd have your own original materials that you are using to train your clients and provide your services. The other is, of course, you have happy clients. So they want you to come back. They're asking for more. And so that would be the client that you would approach to provide this type of train-the-trainer program to. 
you're going to train a third party. So you have to have systematized it. If you, you know, maybe you just have through force of personality and your charm and wit, you keep coming back and providing training, but it's super hard to train other people to do that. So you have to have systematized it. You have to have materials in place so that you are able to train that in-house trainer to deliver your programs. And you can't keep up with demand. And so you have happy clients with your original materials. And the only way to grow is either work more. We don't want to do that. We have to create more experts who can deliver your training. You can do that in-house by adding employees. Well, you can do it by creating experts that are external to you. And that's where the licensing program comes in. You add those external programs by training a trainer at your clients, or you can add external experts by training other service providers to provide your expertise and your services. So we're going to talk about both. Hey, everyone. A quick word from our sponsor, Think Beyond IP. Think Beyond IP helps your professional services firm build the essential legal and strategic foundation required to confidently scale your business by developing, protecting, and leveraging intellectual property assets. You can find us at thinkbeyondip.com. Now, back to the show. And so the benefits of the train, the trainer program, you don't need a big audience or a mailing list. Your train, the trainer program is being sold to the same clients that you're selling your in-person services to. So you're using the exact same process for creating leads and making sales that you're currently using except you now have another offering. You can provide in-person services. So it's not an either or, by the way, because some people think like, well, it's a completely different model. You can continue to create, to, to provide in-person services. So that same funnel, same clients, in-person services, if that's their preference, or you could also train someone in-house to provide your service as well. And, uh, but so that's another offering that you're adding. You already have that know, like, and trust with your clients. Like you've been providing those in-person services, spoke to someone who does DEI training and she works with very big companies. They couldn't get enough of her. It was in-person, traveling all over the place and she just couldn't do it anymore. So train the trainer was perfect option for her to help get that training to the client in person because some training is obviously more effective in person and without her having to go everywhere. But you already have that know, like, and trust factor with your client. You have positive cash flow. There is some upfront investment to formalize your licensing program. But once it's in place, licensing fees are paid upfront. And because the nature of a train-to-trainer program is that they're going to need it on a recurring basis, you have recurring fees, which we know are for scaling, as well as for creating additional value in the eyes of a potential buyer. Buyers love recurring revenue because it gives them visibility on what the business would earn in their hands. 
And the other benefit is that it's actually pretty simple to administer. You know, once we get your licensing program in place, it is no more complicated to administer a licensing program, a train-the-trainer licensing program, than it is to have a retainer deal with a client. You know, you have those, you're checking in with them to make sure if things are going well. You may be retraining a trainer from time to time if there is some turnover in that position, but otherwise you are a resource to them and you are getting that monthly, quarterly, annual license fee to use your programming. So the other thing, of course, you don't need to hire employees. You can, you know, the beauty of those recurring fees is that you now have a consistent cash flow that you can feel comfortable with the payroll, but you you don't need to because your job will be to train that in-house trainer and to collect the licensing fees. So on the certification side, so certification program is a licensing program, but it's not as simple as the train the trainer program. And, you know, I get a lot of interest in it in the certification program. You know, let's say you have some expertise. I'm going to use SEO. And as I thought about this, I'm, I don't know why I'm using this because I really don't know that much about SEO, but I'm, I'm guessing that you do. So let's say that you have developed a process for creating great SEO results for your clients. And there's some other providers who just aren't having the same success that you are. Hey, can you show me your process for creating these SEO success? I've also heard from people who do web design and, and they have other people who are having trouble with it and they ask for help and they're like, well, let me create this certification program. And it is not that simple for a couple of reasons. One, you have to have a strong enough brand and a strong enough process to get other people to pay you for it. So unlike your client, they already know you, they know your process. They just want to bring it in how. This is you're asking another provider to pay you money in order to use your process. And so you, it really needs to be a very strong brand. So that means you have to create that recognition, not just currently you're, you're out in the market talking to your clients. Now you have a new audience that you're selling to, which is other providers and convincing them that using your system is better than their system and that they're going to pay you for it. So that just means you have, you now have two businesses basically that you're running unlike the other. Of course, you're also creating competitors. And, you know, one of the first things, the second thing that they ask after, can I create a certification program is how do I keep the competitors from stealing my stuff? And so when you are licensing your methodology to your clients, they're not going to become, you know, SEO experts, you know, but your competitors are, you are creating as SEO experts. And so that is a certain risk. I mean, there are absolutely ways to mitigate that risk. And that's what we do with our licensing agreements, but that is an added risk and source of anxiety that you don't have with the train the trainer model. You need to vet those licensees. You know, you already know your clients, you know, they pay their bills <laughs> and, and that they have the financial resources to continue to be a good licensee. So when you're adding other service providers as licensees, some may be, you know, people that you know, but there'll also be people that you don't know. So you need to really have a process for choosing and vetting those licensees to make sure that you can trust them, that they can deliver your programs competently, and that they continue to stay up to date 
and don't do anything that will hurt your brand. You typically have to provide more support. You know, a lot of times certification programs will have some sort of community around them or, you know, Slack channel or group coaching around them to make sure they stay up to date. And which is a great benefit, by the way, if you're going to do a certification program, you want one of those because it is a great benefit and provides a lot of value to your, to your licensees. You might need an audit program. You know, depending on the nature of your program and your licensing fees, you may need to like make sure that they're calculating your license fees correctly. Let's say you're charging them, you know, buy the training. You'll need to then go in and make sure that they are reporting that correctly and paying you correctly. And then all of this means that it's a more complicated licensing agreement and process to make sure that you have all these rights, that you have restrictions in place, that you can get in there and audit, that you're enforcing the way that they are delivering your services. And I am just going to say, you know, very quickly that certification programs are not so controlling that we flip into franchise territory, which is another LinkedIn Live, <laughs> but we still do want to make sure that they're not doing things that are going to interfere with the value of our brand. So loving on the train, the train, the program, not an either or, you continue to provide in-person services if that's your desire, but you turn those client relationships into licensee relationships so that you can just continue to grow. And you can technically have an indefinite number of licensees as opposed to obviously a finite number of clients. And that train the trainer program works best when you provide something that is required on a recurring basis. And so, and that certification program might be better for when you have one off, like let's say you, you integrate you newly merged businesses and you help them, you know, integrate the two cultures. That's going to be a one-time service. That's not something that would be a train-the-trainer type of a program. What if my clients are too small for a train-the-trainer license? So if your clients are too small, then they're probably not appropriate for the train-the-trainer. So they really need to have someone in-house they're large enough probably to have at least one or two in-house resources that make sure there is a recurring education for their employees or they like it. you have an onboarding process, something like that that's provided on a recurring basis as employees cycle through that they would need what you do on a recurring basis. And if they have something like that, that they do need on a recurring basis, but they don't have the capacity to staff that in-house, then that's the type of client that you'll need to continue to service in person. Can the trainer you train be another consultant? Yes. So I'm going to make the distinction between a licensing program and a certification program. Now, I use a certification program just because I feel like people recognize that when they train another service provider, as a certification program, as opposed to a licensing program, but you can train another consultant to provide the same service that you do. And it doesn't have to be a certification program. It can just be a licensing program. It can just be that you have a process that you have systematized and to the point that you can train someone else to deliver it. And you can then have a license agreement with them that would have the restrictions and the terms on how they can use it. Maybe it says, you know, like maybe they can only use it with a certain type of client 
Maybe they can only use it in a certain region. Maybe they can only use a certain part of what you do. And it would have that license fee in there. And so it doesn't have to be a certification. The certification piece comes when you want to somehow um, make sure that they're delivering it competently. So you are requiring them to go through a certain type of training. You're requiring them to come back periodically to be retrained. You're requiring them to make sure they're using the most recent version of your training. And so that's where the certification piece comes in because you are asking them to come back and prove that they are delivering it the way that is good for your brand. So a certification program can fall apart when you haven't appropriately vetted your licensees. So they are not able to effectively deliver your programming. So either they aren't professionals and therefore they can't use it with clients effectively. So you have, they have unhappy clients and that flows back on you, or it doesn't work because you aren't supporting them or you haven't trained them well enough so that even though they have the potential to deliver it competently, they don't have the support that they need so that they they're not getting clients and therefore they're not getting an ROI. They're paying you a license fee. They're not going to continue to pay it unless they can, you can show that ROI. So that's why you need to make sure that, you know, you have a system that is effective and that you can teach someone else to deliver effectively so that they have had the clients. So both the end client who's receiving your services through a certified licensee, as well as that licensee have to be happy in order to continue to come back to you to pay that license fee. You absolutely will want to have a formalized process. If you are going to have licensees that are other service providers, you absolutely will want to have a formal process for identifying, vetting, and certifying your licensees. I hope you'll join me again next month. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe. And I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.